Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Venture Property Podcast, and thank you very much for listening, wherever you're listening. I know that some of you listen on the way to work or in the gym, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for listening. I absolutely love to do these podcasts and just give really good content. Today's podcast is one I am really, really, really excited about. I have one of the most straight-talking property people that there is who is not afraid to say it how it is. And I think that's one of the reasons, probably the main reason in which I absolutely love this lady. Uh, I've got so much respect for her. And that is Vanessa Warwick from Property Tribes, who has also agreed to sponsor the show for today. The show is sponsored by PropertyTribes.com. If you don't know what PropertyTribes.com is, go and check it out. It's a fantastic resource for absolutely anybody involved in property, whether you're an old dog or a new dog, you can learn everything you need from that. And it's something that I use on an almost daily basis. And I try to help as many people on there as possible. And I know my business partner, Kim, does too. And I was very, very fortunate to host the Young Entrepreneurs Week with Vanessa, which I had so much fun doing. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Vanessa to the show. How are you doing today, Vanessa? Hi, Ryan. Well, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. I'm in fine form and uh, thank you for the lovely introduction. And it's it's very relevant to what we're going to be talking about today, isn't it? It is indeed. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to actually get you on the show, because me and you have spoken at length over many, many different topics. And we both are very similar in in our views on on many things. And I think that's what's drawn us to to work together and do the little bits that we have actually done together um and i think you are probably one of the best people at doing due diligence on any anything so that's what i wanted to get you on and talk about because i think that you can give people the skills that they need to do that and i think it's very prevalent in today's social media age I think you're absolutely right. And I, I think due diligence is, is absolutely crucial um, as being if you're involved in property and whether landlord or investor or whatever activity you're doing in property, it is absolutely paramount to become an expert at due diligence. It mitigates risk. It protects you from financial loss. Um, and, you know, one of the things that people don't talk about often enough, in my uh, opinion, is the emotional uh, aspect of financial loss and the stress that you endure when things go wrong in property. Because just as property, um, as we're both aware, can deliver uh, you know, extremely good returns and is a wonderful world to be involved with when everything's running smoothly, um, the flip side of that is that if it goes wrong, it can go wrong very quickly and cost can escalate and losses can can mount up and you know due diligence is an overarching term for doing research on an an individual or a proposition before you get involved in a commercial transaction with them and it has many different applications in property you would do due diligence on a property deal that you were thinking of getting involved with Um, If you were going into a joint venture with somebody, you should do intense due diligence on them because you're going to be linked financially to them on an ongoing basis if you do go into a JV with them. 
Um, clearly, if you're going to be letting out a property, you should be looking to do due diligence on the lettings agent. You would be doing due diligence on your tenant if you're a self-managing landlord. So due diligence across many, many different areas of property. Um, also, if you're thinking of going on a training or educational course or you're thinking of paying for expensive mentorship, then you would need to do extensive research on that individual and their previous track record and if they are really as wealthy and successful as they say they are because clearly you know you want to be uh, getting your information from a reliable source that's been through many different property circumstances certainly been in the game for a minimum of 10 years in my my opinion and has a proven track record of understanding what they're going to be training you so Due diligence comes in many forms, but um, whenever you use it, it will mitigate your risk um, and protect you from the many downsides of being involved in property. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that I'm just, I love doing these podcasts because I talk to some amazing people and I'm, I spend most of the time jotting down notes of, of little nuggets that they've picked up and or they're telling me. And I think due diligence covers a lot lot of areas and you've you've just mentioned a few there, um, sort of a JV, an, on an actual deal, a lettings agent, a tenant, and also training courses and mentors. I think it'd be good to um, to sort of delve into a couple of those so maybe we could start with uh, potential joint venture partners. What kind of things do you think people should be looking for when they're doing their due diligence on JVs? Well, you know, to be honest, I'll say straight up, I'm actually not a fan of JVs at all. I think they are fraught with dangers. Um, there's a wonderful saying that I always refer back to, and that is when a man with experience meets a man with money the man with the money will uh leave sorry i've got to start this again <laughs> Excuse me. um i've got to get this right when a man with experience meets a man with money the man with the money will leave with the experience and the man with the experience will leave with the money yep that's right so um you know that they are fraught with dangers because you're as I mentioned earlier you're attaching yourself to somebody um, in a financial relationship and should they go bankrupt for instance it could affect your ability to get credit in the future because they're a financial associate of you um, I mean just as a general rule um, Ryan and I'm sure you'll agree where money's concerned people can suddenly act very out of character you think they're okay <laughs> yes um and then you find out that that they're actually not um perfect example would be chap contacted me a few years ago he'd lent twenty five thousand pounds his life savings to a very prominent um property expert um the property expert promised to teach him on the job and let him see the project and so on and so forth. Everything seemed fine. The project was sold at a profit and the um, JV partner went to, the, went to the, his 
partner and said, can I have my money back and my share of the profit? And he went, no, hard cheese, swing for it. Um, This poor guy, he tried every avenue to get his money back um, and was unsuccessful. And to add insult to injury, he went round to this guy's house, knocked on the door and said, I I really do need to speak to you about my money. You've cut off all communication with me. What's going on? And the guy called the police and this poor chap was escorted from his his house and told by the police not to darken his doorstep again uh, and that he would have to go through the courts to get his money back. Um, And he had spent every penny of his life savings without his partner's knowledge. And he was in desperate, desperate straits. Hence, I mentioned emotional stress earlier. I'm, I'm currently aware of people that have got up to half a million pounds with well, with one well-known property, Javia, um, and they can't get their money back. So I think this is an unregulated area of activity. Um, and even if you have a charge or a restriction on a property, um, it doesn't necessarily protect you from loss. Um, there are instances where properties have been sold without knowledge of somebody who's had a restriction on it. Um, and indeed, if you do repossess the property, uh, you know, as a final way to try and get your money back, if you've got a charge on it. Um, one instance I know of, it cost the person around £50,000 in legal fees to gain repossession. Wow. So. You know, these are awful things that people need to take into account. So I guess in a roundabout way, I haven't answered your question, but the sort of things you should be looking at is the track record of that individual. Do they have um, finished projects you can look at? Can you speak to investors that have actually had a return to their bank account? Um, You should ask to see a copy of that person's credit report. Um, You could ask to see redacted um, bank statements to show that they're as wealthy as they claim or they're as successful as they claim. I mean, these are all the kind of things you do. And the ultimate tip I would give anybody about anything to do with due diligence is if somebody becomes hostile towards you for asking perfectly legitimate questions, then that, in my book, is an enormous red flag. Anybody who's ethical and reputable will not have a problem in supplying you with the information you require to undertake due diligence. I think that that tip right there is absolute gold. Um, I I love the fact that um, you speak about the track record and asking to speak to their other investors um, because a lot of the time people want to to dive in um which is perfectly understandable some of these people are very slick and very cool and they say all of the right things um but i really like the fact that to check their track record find a project that they they've said they've done and find out what happened in that project did it go to plan and and to speak to their investors uh how how was the process for them from start to finish that's an absolute tip there as well and the the credit report one is one i've never actually heard anybody say and i think that is brilliant and um, that just that will paint a a very good picture for uh, for anybody and then of course i completely agree if anybody's getting if you're looking to invest money in an individual and you ask them a personal question and they get hostile towards you you should just walk straight away there and then um because that 
they sh- if they want you to part with your money and to come into a relationship type deal with them, then you should definitely be upfront. I mean, a lot of people, I see the words JVs banded around a lot. Um, and a lot of newbie property people, um, when I meet them are always saying, oh, I'm just looking for JVs. And I just think it's not going to happen for you straight away. Like, like that, you don't have the track record. You don't have investors. Um, and I think you well, that's some, the thing, and yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But the other sort of side of the coin is the JVs, where one person is taking all the financial risk, yeah. And this is very much touted by some of the um, yeah. more, shall we say, uh, nefarious um, gurus that are on the circuit at the moment. They'll say, "I'll give you all my experience and knowledge and my building team, um, but you put in all the money." And then um, we'll split the profits. Um, and I, I would never, ever, ever get involved with any JV where both partners didn't have what's called skin in the game, didn't have money in the game. Um, because, you know, I've had another case recently of another gentleman that um, has, has done a JV with one of these people. Um, he's, he bought a property and the, the he put... he he's paid for everything um but the jv partner the guru the expert didn't adhere to their side of the bargain so the property um the project ran over there were major problems with it and because it was um on bridging finance the finance costs built up and because the profit margin was so diminished the um, expert who'd offered to run it all for them just walked away. Uh-huh. He said there was no profit anymore, nothing, no reason to me for me to, to carry on. So again, this poor gentleman was left high and dry with a property that was 200 miles from where he lived that he hadn't had any understanding of at all. He thought that this guy was going to do all the work for him because he'd put in all the money. Um, and then as soon as it went pear-shaped, you, he couldn't get hold of the uh, the JV partner for love nor money. Um, and he rang me virtually in tears saying, what shall I do? I've got no relationship with the builders. I don't know what's going on on site. I don't know how to get it finished. Um, so these these are all the issues that arise. And so many things in the property world about making money they sound great in theory. They really, really do. But in reality, and you will agree with me, I'm sure, Ryan, there are so many minor details, so many pitfalls, so many things that can really trip you up. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you're not aware noise. of them, you know, I always say, um, you know, I could read a book about how to fly a helicopter, um, but that, that wouldn't make me a good person to go it you know, to pick up in, in a helicopter, you know, theory is great. Practical is altogether another thing. And actually I learned that lesson myself uh, very, very early on in my life um, where I was at boarding school and my, my father who was based in, in the Middle East had bought a little sailing dinghy. And he said, you know, when you come out in holidays, we're going to go sailing. Um, So I, Book, bought this book and I read that book from cover to cover for months learning everything about sailing and when we got out actually into the dinghy because I actually 
didn't have any practical experience at all. I did something wrong and the dinghy capsized <laughs> and we were thrown into the sea. Um, and, you know, that, that was my lesson in, you know, theory is one thing, but experience and, and practical issues is another. And too many people, um, they love the sound of high returns and working with somebody who's an expert who's going to, you know, coddle them through it all. But in reality... I would say a vast majority of those relationships end in financial loss for the for the newbie that didn't realise what they were letting themselves in for. Mm. Mm. I love that story about the dinghy. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I've, I, I really like that. Um, I'm going to use. Uh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to remember that one. That's definitely one that I'm going to going to add to my list. Um, I've, I've do love talking to to you Vanessa you are one of those people that I love people who just say it how it is uh, that was very northern as well that wasn't it say it how it is and uh, <laughs> wow I sound like Kim that's my problem spending too much time with him um and I think I think Ryan one thing I would say is that the truth doesn't care for anybody's opinion mm. exactly now, I try and deal with factual stuff. I, yeah. I don't write stuff that I couldn't back up with substantiated um, detail. Mm. So, you know, I think social media uh, or the social web is a, a massive resource for property investors and landlords to undertake due diligence because they can tap into the hive mind. Yep. You know, they can come onto a site like Property Tribes and say, have you he ever heard of so-and-so? Or what do you think of this JV deal structure? And, you know, none of us is as smart as all of us. You can tap into that hive mind. And, you know, when I started out in property, what, 14 years ago, that was in its infancy. You mm. didn't have really forums and property groups on Facebook and Twitter didn't even exist. So there's a lot of resources um to, for currently you know for for newbies to tap into um mm. and not make these mistakes and by doing that you're really making somebody else's hindsight your foresight that so i you know one of the things that one of the reasons that nick and i nick my husband um we started property tribes is because we realized how little we knew about property but we yeah. knew that it was a 25-year, 30-year game and that we had to understand every aspect of our business to survive that long. So that's one of the reasons that we started Property Tribes because we realized that there were other people out there that knew a hell of a lot more than us that could help us learn and grow. Um, and that's why we started it. And now, one of the ways I describe Property Tribes is it's other people's hindsight to use as your foresight. And, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. How many times have we said, oh, I wish I'd known that? And indeed, I've been scammed, my, scammed myself and I lost money on something. And looking back, I thought, blimmin' heck, that was so obvious. Why didn't I <laughs> see it? But I didn't. Yeah. And, you know, everything that we do on Property Tribes is geared towards keeping landlords safe helping them make wise choices and how you 
help somebody to make wise choices is to empower them with information from many, many different sources. We don't want, we don't believe in a singularity dictating what is. It's got to be multiple sources um, where the individual absorbs all that information, takes it all in, tries it on, see how they feel about it, and then they make their choice based with their eyes open, with the knowledge um, of how of of you know making a wise choice. Now they may t they may decide to um, ignore that information or that advice, and and that's that's entirely their their <laughs> privilege. Um, everybody will run their business in their own way um, to their own standards and ideas, um, and that's certainly respected by us. But what we try and do is provide the level of detail and information that people need where they're equipped to make a wise choice. Mm, I think that's one of the really refreshing things about Property Tribes is you guys don't have an agenda um, and that really comes out and comes comes through on the on the forum and there's so i mean guys if you haven't checked it out go and check it out there is so much good information on that website i um it was funny actually i spoke to an investor recently um i was at a networking event and he said oh i don't know you uh, you don't know me but i know you uh, because i saw you do the the videos on property tribes and a young guy wanting to get into property and then because of the video that he saw on property tribes which is something that i really like about you guys as well you do things very differently you bring in other people it's, it's fantastic but he then went on and read literally he absorbed the whole of the website and he was telling me about threads that were years and years old but were still relevant and you could just tell then i saw him a month later and he carried on reading well, it and you could tell the the level of information and knowledge that this guy now had was just years and years and years of other people's experience. And he just literally absorbed all of that. He, <laughs> he was just so yeah. much further on. And, that, and that's from a completely free resource, just set up the right way. It's just, I love it. I just, I love the... Oh, thank you. And, and that's so gratifying to hear because, you know, every landlord is on a journey um yep. we have four stages of our life cycle we have the pre-acquisition where we're researching the deal um and understanding it we have the acquisition stage which is the actual purchasing of the property and getting it set up for whatever we're doing with it then we have the ownership phase which is obviously by far the longest phase as i mentioned could be 20 to 30 years and then we have the exit phase when we when we're ready to exit our investments um, and Property Tribes covers all of those phases with all the different strategies that are out there. I've just written a huge guide to service accommodation, how to do it legitimately and not fall foul of regulation and, and laws. Um, all that kind of good stuff is on there um, because every landlord will be at a different point in their journey. And, you know, where Nick and I are now, 14 years on, I can still relate back to 14 years ago when I was absolutely petrified of releasing a bit of equity from, from my flat in London. Um, I was absolutely terrified. I thought I was 
doing something really bad and that it would end in disaster and so on. Um, but of course, 14 years later, it all turned out extremely for the best. So, you know, we, we want everybody to find answers wherever they are on, on their property journey. And I do appreciate your, you mentioning the YouTube channel because we are the only landlord community with a dedicated YouTube channel. A couple of stats for you. We have over 650 videos now on landlord topics including interviews with people like Stephen Johnson, the MD of Shawbrook Bank, David Smith, who's a wonderful landlord and tenant solicitor, who's also policy director for the RLA. Um, we've got interview with some guy called Kim Stones. <laughs> um, so, um, and, you know, and we've got case studies. We've got a feature about your development um, in Lincoln. You know, we've got loads of different uh, on-site visits and stuff like that and it, it, it's interesting because um, we just we've just actually topped over 400,000 views and our stats show us that landlords spend 39 days a month watching our videos and that's oh, yeah. going up so the appetite for for absorbing information is definitely out there um, and at Property Tribes we try and present it in a way that's really easy to, um, you know, to absorb with videos and infographics and, you know, very content rich. Um, and, you know, hopefully people like the interface um, and the user experience of it. Again, that's Nick's realm rather than mine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's very easy to find, you know, your favorite topic. If, if you're into refurbishment, there's a refurbishment tribe. If you're into holiday lets, there's a holiday lets tribe. So it's very easy to find what you're looking for. Yeah, and I know that I've actually had a few conversations with Nick where me and him have been geeking out about little bits of technology. <laughs> also a bit of a fellow tech geek. I think you have been amazing. I think you've covered pretty much everything that I uh, I got you on to cover. And I'd just like to say a massive thank you to you for coming on the show today. Oh, real pleasure. And, you know, mentioning the Young Entrepreneurs Week, um, again, well, what an amazing week that was. You were, you, you were such a, a great interviewer and you <laughs> brought out, I was so, I'm so glad you did it because, you know, I'm not a young entrepreneur, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, and I think things have changed so much even from from when I started out and you know obviously we've had the advent of of the social web and prop tech and digital tools and you know you um, as a young entrepreneur and in fact all of the others we spoke to you're all using these tools as second nature yeah and it was very interesting to hear the approach that you guys were taking to your your businesses um, and the, the level of ambition uh, within the, the young people that you interviewed and so on. It, it really was, it was an eye opener, actually. I, I got so much from it as well. And mm. those are the kind of things that I really love being able to showcase on Property Tribes because, you know, as we said before, we can, as landlords or property investors, we can often work in, in isolation. And, and if you're doing that, it's quite hard to stay motivated and clued up and on the ball and pushing forwards and you know keep pushing beyond what you're doing and I think one of the 
other roles that, that the social web and hopefully property tribes can play is to is to keep people um, on track, keep them moving forward, let them see you know possible pitfalls coming up or you know how to mitigate upcoming risks. Um, you know, there's so much legislation out there now and more mm. to come. And mm. it really is, I believe, um, that the case that only the professional and educated landlord will, will survive. Um, those that aren't on top of their game, aren't learning on a daily basis, I, I do fear that they're going to come unstuck um, in the next couple of years because of all the things that are coming down the pipe. Yeah, completely agree with you there. I know that Kim Kim will come into the office sometimes and he goes, have you seen that uh, thing on uh, property tribes about the uh, changes? And I go, no, not yet. And then I'm like, I, I read through it and I'm like, whoa, okay. Uh, and you, you are very good at that, keeping up with the up-to-date changes and the, the sort of news and everything that is happening, which keeps us all up to date with what we have to do especially with the changes and challenges we're going to face with such things like pra and all those fun things and attacks that we seem to be to be having on landlords but like you say it's fantastic to be able to to go to a resource where you can find out all of those things and then have the collective knowledge of of so many people to to help you uh, and guide you through them so i'm going to wrap that up for today I think everybody listening will have taken so, so much away from that. What I'm going to do is just ask you, Vanessa, to just give us a parting comment before we let you go. Um, well, I, I, I'm a massive fan of property and, and what it can help you achieve. Um, I, I've always found that Whenever there's a downside in property, you, you can always see an upside. You can always see a way forward. Um, one of my favorite sayings is it's only um, imagined problems uh, that, that are so you know, insurmountable. Real problems can always be solved. So you know, there will always be an answer to a problem. And I must confess that I'm overwhelmed with the generosity of, of people in the property community and in sharing their knowledge, supporting people that are struggling or, or having issues or, you know, suffering financial loss, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I would always say, reach out. There are people out there that, that know the answer and you, you've only got to ask. And if you commit to something 100%, take intelligent and sustained action on a regular basis um you, you will be a success so there's lots of opportunity out there lots of good people lots of great great knowledge to tap into and uh, you know my advice would be to dive in but become an expert on due diligence before you do <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think that's uh, incredible and you've given so many good statements that people are going to take away from this so i'm going to stop the recording now guys i will be back hopefully next week with another topic so until next week thank you very much